You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, obviously we're going to get you now to the third installment here of the Round 1 show. Uh, Jared Mueller. Is that pick 31, Pete? Yeah, it's Caleb McGarry to the Falcons. Wait a minute. So the Falcons were rumored to everything defense defense and look chris lindstrom who we like caleb mcgarry oh good lord one pick left in the first round here uh browns fans we're gonna go through this round one but guys enjoy every second of this this has gone almost swimmingly perfectly uh pete i don't know where to start well first things first this is your daily delivery of all things dog pound uh pete smith is here uh you know thanks to jared mueller for coming in thanks to Stephen thomas for coming in now we get to have some fun, me and Peter. Just, I mean, well, not that that wasn't fun, but me and Pete just get to. Pete, this has been crazy. Obviously, Kyler. Obviously, Nick Bosa. Uh, you know, obviously, stuff that was expected. Maybe the Jets, the rumors about trading out of three, were questioning whether or not the availability of Quinn and Williams was there. But you cannot argue taking the best player in this draft at three overall. Uh, and then the Raiders, the Giants, Pete. Good Lord, my man. Dude, Pete, what the hell went on here tonight? Uh, this The draft is poker. Cleveland Farrell Farrow went four. 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 Yeah, I mean, the, the Giants and the Raiders had three picks, and out of the six combined, they took one good player. I mean, I think DeAndre Baker is okay. But the best player that was picked out of those was Jonathan Abram. The other four players combined might be – Cleveland Farrell might be okay. But nobody thought he was – everybody's stunned by that. Uh, he's, the a Raiders, se- he's a second pass rusher. You don't draft that at four? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's it's genuinely fascinating that he went that high. That, that was a stunner. You had a guy like Ed Oliver on the board. You had a guy like Josh Allen on the board. And you took Cleveland Farrell, and and if you if you love tape, Cleveland Farrell is outstanding. He whooped ass on Jonah Williams, but athletically, there's question marks. Uh, you know, all the Power Rangers montages in the world aren't going to fix that. Um, so there's a real concern there. Um, the Giants, they had. You're going to have to explain this for to your children that at some point. They had the opportunity to take Sam Darnold, took a running back, and then the following year took Daniel Jones at six. That's unbelievably stupid. I, I don't see how this works out for them. The best things they – even the people covering the draft, the best things they could say about Daniel Jones were Kurt Warner said he could take a hit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Daniel Jeremiah was talking about his shitty supporting cast. Like these aren't – where you want to start with your quarterback? Um, that's kind of how the day started for those. And, and meanwhile, the teams that are smart did really smart things. Uh, I'm trying to think. The Bengal or the uh, Steelers went up and got their man. They got Devin Bush. They don't pick till the, they don't pick till the third round now. They don't have a, a third round pick next year, but. They were aggressive, then they got their guy. I think 10 is very rich for a linebacker. Uh, you know, Devin Bush has a lot, or I'm sorry, Devin, yeah, Devin Bush has a lot they have to get out of that pick to justify it. But the Steelers are playing for right this second, and they have basically made it clear that they understand uh, that. You know these absurd contract or not, they're basically playing this out as they've got two years, whatever Ben Roethlisberger's career is, that's their window. So they went all in on it, got a guy they believe they can play now uh, and help them right this second. If you want to make the comparison to Ryan Shazier, so be it. More than enough people have for that. They get better in that case. I still think they have a lot of weaknesses to address, but at least you can say the Steelers got a good player, whereas some of these teams. I, I don't get it. Like the Bengals, Jonah Williams is a very fine player. I do not think he's a left tackle. And it sounds to me like they're going to put him at left tackle, which those miles it, Garrett, those miles Garrett matchups should be fun. 
Yeah, like I, he's not going to be able to block Miles Garrett. I mean, that's and that's who you're drafting for. You draft for your division, and this is what you know. I, I think a lot of this, uh, you know, the response from teams was because of the Browns. I, I think Devin Bush in part is because of the Browns. I think Jonah Williams's part is because of the Browns, and I think Jonah, Marquise Brown maybe the least of all, but. They're all trying to keep up with the Browns right now, and I think that forces teams to be, uh, you know, a little more aggressive with some of those moves. It's it's just fascinating. Um, well, who's covering? Who's covering Odell? We just did the Cincy side. Who's covering Odell for Pittsburgh? Who? I think they can bring in twenty, thirty guys. I mean, yeah, the Browns might even allow it. I mean, those might be the games where Nick Chubb, you know, obviously, you know, Devin Bush may give him you know a little bit of a run for you know. Some run for his money, but um, who the hell is covering the receivers? So, look, I mean, Baltimore, Like, and this is one we talked about, Pete, and we had mentioned this, and this was one that I had mentioned. Hollywood Brown is a great fit, but if they're never really going to let Lamar develop as a passer, um, and everybody, you know, and they tried to, I was watching the ESPN one because I can never waver away from Mel Kuyper. Look, it's Uncle Mel. Um, well, no, you can use him. And they, they, they proceeded to run a montage of Marquise Brown running nothing but nine routes. He can do more than run nine routes. And then it was nine route, nine route. Yeah, they showed no. nothing but fucking go routes, man. Uh, it, you know, fascinating. And all the while emphasizing the fact that he'll never be more than 175 pounds. So yeah, I mean, good luck with that. But uh, Pete, I, I'm just I'm stunned by some of these. Um, I guess we'll go with Jeffrey Simmons going to Tennessee at 19. Um, that's great. Play Tennessee week one. Uh, your first round pick will not be a factor. Um, it just I think it goes more along the line of Pete, where you know where we had talked about this that maybe the best three players in this draft were interior defensive linemen. Ed Oliver, obviously Quinn Williams, Jeffrey Simmons. If those were the top three player players on your board, I, I think tonight showed that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm surprised Ed Oliver lasted as long as he did. I think the Raiders being stupid played a big part of that. I think the Jets were really smart. Uh, whatever discussion was being had in the building, I, I I think ultimately, you know, they would have liked to trade down. I don't think they got enough. Uh, an offer and basically sat tight and just said, we're going to take a great player. And they did. And that's smart. By the way, uh, the Patriots made a pick. So the Browns officially aren't doing anything today. Uh, the Patriots finish said. up the Browns or the Patriots finish up with a very good player, Nikhil Harry from Arizona state. Uh, but that's, you know, and, and certainly, you know, if he's there, I would have considered him at 49, but that's not really one of the main threats. So the Browns really get out unscathed in terms of, you know, the first, you know, those first 32 picks, I think they're in a great position, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that the defensive line is critical. Uh, Greg's gonna, Greg is going to enjoy Leonard Williams and he's going to enjoy Quentin Williams. He's going to enjoy that. It, it, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, at, Oliver going to Buffalo, you know, that's Sean McDermott gets a very, very nice toy. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I love it from the standpoint of it exposes, you know, bad Josh Allen to potentially more hits and missing out on an offensive lineman. But, you know, if you're just talking about this, did Buffalo get a great player? Yes, Buffalo got a great player. Uh, and down the road, I think it's going to reflect that. Now, they still have to answer that question about offensive protection, but definitely. Now, Je- Jeffrey Simmons, I, I I thought he would go in the first round. I did not think he would go this early. That's That was a stunning pick and a great pick from the standpoint of it basically protects John Torsey from himself, that he can't do it. Um <laughs> It's fascinating on a couple levels. Uh, you know, he's not going to play early. And like you said, the Browns team. Uh, it's fascinating from the standpoint of you had all this Tyreek Hill stuff come out today. And that didn't impact Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, and, and from what I gather, I was watching the NFL Network uh, feed. My understanding is ESPN played the actual video uh, of, of Jeffrey Simmons which I guess some people had never seen and were sort of really gobsmacked by it. Even, you know, like, and I'm not 
you know, it's a different situation. Obviously, four years ago and everything else. But nevertheless, you have the, the gruesome details of some of the stuff with Tyreek Hill come out. And on the same day, you have this player go 19th overall. That was surprising. Um, Chris Lindstrom to the Falcons. Yeah. We like was, him. And we loved him. We spoke very well of him. But, woo, that was a shocker. Um, well, I mean, on, on one hand, I'm surprised that the Falcons went this way. I thought they would go defensive tackle. But. Uh, both at Oliver and 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 they were probably trying to work the phones. I don't know, you know, how aggressive they were. And then Christian Wilkins went right in front of them, and then they go ahead and get a hard ass uh, offensive guard in Chris Lindstrom, which you know helps to address some of their softness. Uh, you know, at the end of last season, the head coach was talking about the only position that was really were really safe on that offensive line where left tackle and center so they got a guard at 14 and they've gotten a right tackle uh trading up at the end of the draft with Caleb McGarry both those guys are going to start from day one um they were older uh up front so they get a lot younger they hopefully get more of a running game to balance out so it's not all Julio Jones catching passes from Matt Ryan that they can be a little bit more balanced is interesting again if you're looking at this from did the Falcons get a great player at 14? I think the answer is yes. Um, so that was – look, when, what we talked about, you you asked me what did I think ultimately the first round was going to be shaped by. Fat kids go first. Uh, fat kids went first. They, they That's just how it goes. You There are only so many of them, uh, and – you get it. You get them while you can. I mean, the, the Juwan Taylor thing was something that was unexpected. People are saying it's a knee. I don't know the story with that, but Titus Howard went in the first round, which I was stunning. I mean, I really like the kid. I just did not expect that. Uh, and certainly, the Eagles look brilliant for getting Andre Dillard. And I imagine, I, I just imagine the Houston Texans GM like tearing up something in his hands as that pick went down <laughs> that they were that close to being able to get a franchise tackle that guy goes before them and then they take Titus Howard I, like Titus Howard could be a nice player for them but he ain't Andre Dillard and that was really what they needed I, I think they were stunned he was available that long uh and you know were teased with it and ultimately miss out on it so yeah, offensive line, defensive line went went big. Your boy Brian Burns went later than I thought he would, uh, going 16. And, and sort of a relatively quiet pick, I think, where he went. But if you're asking me, are the Panthers likely to be happier with their pick than the Raiders were with theirs? I think the answer is yes. Um, they get you know a pure pass rusher that can come off the edge in a division where they have Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and uh, who am I missing? Oh, I mean you know, whatever, whatever Jameis Winston does this coming year, they got a pass rusher who can put pressure on a quarterback heavy division. That's, you know, they are playing to the division. They get a guy, I think that can be really good. It may take him a little bit because he's so young, but he is obviously a big dude uh, that's got enough size for the position and could be really good for them. But, you know, right now the Eagles look like they only made the one pick. It was trading up a couple spots I think they look like the smartest team on day one by virtue of the fact that they addressed a, a major consideration for getting a, a big-time player, in my opinion, my third overall prospect, getting a guy that protects Josh or uh, Carson, Carson Wentz uh, to pair with uh, Lane Johnson. They've got back-to-bookend tackles, which has been sort of a Philadelphia Eagles staple for – 20 years at this point yep. going dating back run to when in. they had run in and, and Trey Thomas uh, for, for Donovan McNabb. This has been something they just always consistently have and they got it. They didn't give up a ton to do it. Uh, they look like a big winner and that's, you know, teams that had three picks should be crushing day one. And both those teams look like the biggest losers to me. On day one of the- I, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, first things first, the Daniel Jones thing. I mean, we left about this for weeks, weeks, and then you come back at 17, and it's Lawrence, and good Lord, I mean, you trade up. I'll be honest, uh, Giants, whatever you had in the second round, you probably could have gotten DeAndre Baker there. It's just the old-school mentality and not willing to change your ways. And I think, look, John, uh, Mike Mayock 
maybe you don't understand how trading out or any of this works but look if you want to get the hell out of dodge you don't have to meet the trade value chart pete um if you really want to get out just get out um you know even still if, if you get a pick or two in all oh, um 70 points short who the hell cares you don't take a player like cleveland farrell at number four overall you do not take daniel jones at six overall you just don't do it um, I'll give a hat tip to Jacksonville. J good Josh Allen falls into your lap. You got Ngakwe on the other side. We talked about this where if Jacksonville is going to be successful, get back to what you were good at, which is playing really, really freaking good defense. Um, Josh Allen may also fit with Tom Coughlin where he is a good soldier and he's going to do what's asked of him. Um, I thought Detroit was interesting um, with TJ Hawkinson and now Jesse James. Um, I think you have a way now where you can go tight end heavy, um, obviously with Galladay and, uh, you know, obviously with the other receivers. I, I think there's some things Detroit can do, which I like what they did. Um, the uh, Obviously, Pittsburgh Bush, yeah, I'm going to love that pick. Look, Devin Bush, ball out for 14 games a year. Um, if you're cramping up or whatever and you can't play those two Cleveland games, that's fine. Um, but Green Bay, Pete, here was everybody was so excited about them having two first-round picks. But your return is Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage. That was weird. That was just weird how badly that, that went. Oh. Uh, I get it. Darnell Savage ran a 4-3. He's a nice player. Uh, I, you know, I, I certainly had him as a guy. That but if they went Brian Burns and Darnell Savage, this would be a lot prettier picture. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... I, I'm i not a big Rashawn Gary fan, obviously, but I like Rashawn Gary better in an odd front uh, because you are getting some of the benefits of him being inside without actually having to move him. So I think that's a better option for him. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think getting that real threat off the edge that would have been really, really good as that stand-up edge rusher with that kind of speed and, and agility off the edge could have been really good for them. Uh, again, I think Rashawn Gary actually could be a really nice pick for them, but there's just too many holes in that resume for me. Uh, it, it, it may be good that he's versatile, and that's fantastic. Obviously, you know they signed some players in the offseason, you know, and they signed some players in free agency, so it may be good that he's versatile. But you don't draft versatility at freaking twelve. No, they they they're expecting an impact player, and that's where this is, becomes difficult because theoretically, if he's good. You've got a really good defensive line there, uh, three studs uh, with that group. Uh, if you don't, this just becomes a major hole. You're expecting big, big contributions from him with his athleticism and you know your big upside. You are betting a lot that he's going to be better than he was in college, which I think is a risky proposition. I understand it, but it's risky. And they did the exact same thing, and I, I think there's more – steady footing with it but that is the risk you're taking with darnell savage too i i think a round and a half early maybe maybe just a round but you are betting mostly on upside with that him it's the same deal with both guys uh which i find fascinating given that so many of the moves they made in this uh, off season were win now moves they signed a bunch of free agents got a bunch of money involved uh it's interesting. So, and, and, you know, it's not a hundred percent what they want to do with Rashawn Gary at this point. I would assume they're expecting to be, you know, that other end, but they, they also signed Zadarius Smith. They got pressed, uh, Preston, uh, whichever Smith. from Smith. Yeah, Preston Smith yeah. Uh, from, from, from Washington. So they got a lot of these bodies and then, you know, they took this guy. So it made it all that much more confusing that they didn't go and get a different position. I'm wondering if, the Lions threw them for a loop when they took T.J. Hawkinson, uh, and maybe that was where they wanted to go. But either way, they, they look like they got quite, sort of flat-footed. The, the Lions look like they're entirely emulating the, the Patriots on offense with that with Jesse James and T.J. Hawkinson. Um, that approach, which I'm not saying – I'm more fascinated um, than anything with that. I'm kind of curious to see how it goes because they're both big-bodied guys. Um, so that's pretty interesting that they're both sort of wide tight ends that can play in space a little bit. Um, 
you know, I think that's a interesting dynamic for the NFL where so many teams are going smaller that they're in a position where they can sort of play big. Um, so, yeah, that's weird <laughs> to me. I, I, the one, one of the few picks I actually got right, I thought was a good pick for Minnesota, was getting Garrett Bradbury. Yep. And, I, and, and I think the analysis on that was dead on and that they get a, a – they upgrade the pivot to try like hell to make Kirk Cousins work. I think upgrading the center makes them better than if they got a guard. And obviously Lindstrom is already gone, so that sort of uh, removed that from the equation. Uh, and, and then the other thing that's fascinating is some of the guys that fell or didn't go in the first round for whatever reason. DK Metcalf. Shakira, uh, Shakira, hips don't lie. He's, he, he did not go. Um... Greedy Williams did not go. Uh, you, you know that was a guy. Was he the one that had like no visits? Nope. Uh, he had a he had a, like a dinner with somebody. Right. So you know, Byron Murphy. You know that's one of those things where you run a four five five as a corner. It reared its ugly head here. Uh, and especially that, and and undersized. Denzel yes. Ward was undersized, but saved himself because he was a blazer. Yeah, there's just not, you know, not a long track record of first round corners that run four fives, which you know ultimately may help out the Browns in this, and that Juan Thornhill sitting still sitting there, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Justin Lane. Uh, meanwhile, uh, likewise, Darnell Savage is the only safety that went other than Abram, and Abram is not a guy I was really concerned with at all. So Darnell Savage is really the only target that went down in that area. DeAndre Baker was not a target to me, so I'm not worried about that standpoint. Um, there, you know, just unless you were really tr- trying to make a move to go up and get Dillard, and maybe the Browns were, you can't really be any happier with how this day went than when it than the way it did. Uh, you know, the Browns. John Dorsey apparently said they. Uh, did try to move into the first round. They're still talking to teams about moving up now. Uh, hopefully, the price is a little cheaper cheaper to move up in the second round if they ultimately do that. Uh, but there are a lot of good targets. I'm curious to know who is the dude they tried to move up for. I, I'm guessing it would have been Dillard. Uh, but you know, they have some great options from that standpoint to see if, presumably at this point, it's a DB. Uh, whether it's Thornhill Lane, maybe it's Greedy Williams, maybe it's somebody else along those lines, they're right where you want the, the you know this is if you were to play this out and say that these guys were all going to be available after day one of the draft, I, I think everybody would have signed up for this. Oh, there's no doubt about that, um, guys. Um, iTunes rating reviews they're essential. They help the show obviously. So uh, do me a favor, go ahead and drop one of those now. Uh, you know, drop a five-star written review here. We've been busting our butts here for you. And we kind of somewhat predicted the way this was going to go. So go ahead, drop one of those right now. Um, Pete, one thing I want to get to, um, I do want to get to, let me go through here. Washington, I, I don't think the Redskins did a bad, I think the Redskins had a pretty good night, obviously. You know, Josh Sweat, you know, whatever the deal is with the medicals, which is confusing as hell. And, yes, of course, Montez Sweat. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, which they did not have to trade up for. I think the Redskins had a, a nice night. I, I, that's Look, I mean, you're still chasing Philly. You're still chasing Dallas. But, I mean, at least you gave yourself some ammunition for future battles with these teams. Uh, in Obviously, with, what, four quarterbacks, two of them are you know literally the, the mash unit. Um, but you don't have to rush Dwayne Haskins. And as much as the rumors were that Washington wanted to trade up, but nobody knew who they wanted to trade up for quarterback-wise, to sit at 15 and still get Haskins and then make the moves to get sweat, not a bad night. Yeah, uh, I think Washington did well. Uh, if it's true that Daniel Snyder took over, he's better than his scouting department right now. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I think... You know, if they were trying to trade up, it worked out really well that, you know, whether they couldn't get a deal done or ultimately decided that they were confident their guy would be there at 15. Yeah, great situation to have for them. And then to 
you know, I, I, I don't. It was not cheap to go up and get Montez Sweat, but he is a very, very good talent. He, he is eerily similar to Preston Smith. Uh, Preston, are we yep. sure it's Preston Smith? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, Preston Smith replacing that type of player, uh, giving them a, a really, really athletic, talented player across from Ryan Kerrigan, and that defense is a really nice setup there. Um, I, you know, of the NFC te- NFC East teams, I, I think it, it went Philadelphia and then Washington uh, doing really well. Cowboys obviously didn't have a pick. Still did better. Uh, still did better than Giants. And the Giants. I mean, let's go past. Daniel Jones, they had Snacks Harrison traded him for a fifth round pick, I believe. Yes, and then took a guy who's not as good as Snacks Harrison with a first round pick. That is close. Like I, I don't know what the thought process was, or is, or will be. I don't know how he was allowed to finish the first day. I don't know how he's still employed right now. I don't know how the Giants are going to be any good in the next three to five years. I don't know how the Maras are going to be continue to be renowned when this product is going to suck. Uh, I just it, an utter disaster for New York. Uh, and if you're a Jets fan, you are loving life. Yep. Not only do you get Queen and Williams, but the, te- the, the team that shares the stadium with you did nothing, and you have a real opportunity to sort of – you know, even if it's a brief window to really be the toast of the town in New York, which is a big deal for the Jets, who are never that other than that brief window with uh, Namath, uh, they've got an opportunity to sort of take over and 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 be like that. Uh, the other team that I think has done really well for themselves are the Indianapolis Colts. Um, if I think they have three second round picks right now, they and they've got be. they've got two next year. My early prediction is one of those second round picks is going to go for either Patrick Peterson or Chris Harris. Um, I, I think certainly they may take one anyway, but I think when you have that many assets, I don't think they want three rookies. I think they would like to get a veteran. Not when you uh, won, won a playoff game the year before. Now it's, right, now it's right. about they, nailing shit down. And they have the money. They have that flexibility. They can go get, you know, if they could get Patrick Peterson, they suddenly become a, that's a huge, Huge gift for them, or they get Chris Harris. That be, vaults them into, you know, that really ups the conversation of where they are, especially when so many people were criticizing them, and, you know, understandably, uh, for being weirdly conservative in free agency. I think that becomes, you know, a way for them to sort of really get themselves back in the game. Or if they want to go sniffing around Jadevian Clowney or one of those, they have a lot of ammo to do those things. Uh, that they don't want to just get rookies. So you're looking at Houston. Jacksonville certainly got better, I think, with Josh Allen potentially playing across from uh, Yannick Ngakwe. You still have uh, Calais Camblin and company. You have Taven Bryan, who's going to be, you know, coming into his own hopefully this year. Uh, If they can get, you know, reasonable play out of Nick Foles. Which they should. yeah, they, they should make a really, really big jump this year and have a nasty pass rush, which, again, Josh Allen was brought in to do one thing. Go get Deshaun Watson and go get Andrew Luck. That is exactly what you have to do if you're a team like the Jaguars. So, and, and you know, the, the pick fell to them. They took advantage, didn't waste it, unlike the Raiders who had everything fall to them and decided, nope, don't need it. We're going to take... A Cleveland Farrell about twenty picks too early. We're gonna take Josh Jacobs and and NFL Network's fawning all over him. And all I'm sitting here doing is are you serious. Josh yeah, Jacobs, Nick, Josh Jacobs is your Nick Chubb. Who do you want? I know which one I'm taking easily. Uh, and then you come back and and you take uh, John Abram, Abram, which is a good pick, although Mike Mitchell you know, all over again is what it is. Well, that and they have Carl Joseph, which they're basically saying he's not going to be back next year. So you're, you're taking a player to now replace another player. So uh, when this goes badly, and it will, Mike Mayock is going to get blamed for this, and he's going to get thrown under the bus. And, I, and 
and I didn't see it, but I, you know, I, they were talk, teasing a live interview with Mike Mayock once the picks were over, and my immediate thought process was Mike should have just asked uh, Kurt Warner if he could have his chair back because he's going to be back in. He, it was just terrible for you know, and I, I look again. Mike Mayock was setting up the ch- chess pieces so John Gruden could make the picks, and he did shitty. And you know, you've got what nine more years of this uh, of, of John Gruden until he quits because he sucks and decides, oh, I'm a quarterback whisperer again. Um, it's amazing that so many teams had multiple first-round picks and all the teams that had more than one, other than like the Falcons, were bad. And Redskins, they were good as well. Three first-round picks for the Giants, three first-round picks for the, the Raiders, two first-round picks for the Packers. Eight picks in the first round between them, and they they just were shitty. Screw the pooch. Screw the pooch. There's no way around it. Uh, nobody came back with any return of investment. Um, remember, guys, you get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with a pure, uh, personally pure uh, curated p- playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Browns. Yeah, I mean, Pete, as far as everything, it was like almost like a virtual disappointment. Like, we've talked about these players at nauseum, and so many guys are still available. And it's obviously for the Browns, this is perfect. Uh, you know, Juan Thornhill, Justin Lane. Give me a couple more targets here that we are geeked about. And this might be the part where everybody, oh, well, John won't sit out round one. He won't sit out round one. But apparently tried like hell not to. Yes, but um, well, maybe it was more of a well, crap, guys. I really would like to get it around one, but you guys are put, all putting me putting this in my lap. Um, maybe the activity will pick up to jump to you know whatever in the 30s or whatever. But obviously, you know, Lane Thornhill. There's a bunch of guys still here. Obviously, we brought up those two. Yeah. Uh, so guys that are still on the board that I love, uh, Kalen Saunders. Obviously, I would love to get him closer to 80. Julian Love, Nasir Adderley is a guy I did not expect to be here. I don't. I know. can't believe. It. Well, there's one John didn't get. We, we figured John was going to take him. Who's that? Oh, Gru- Oh, yeah, Nasir Adderley. Yeah, he had three stickers. I, I, you know, <laughs> come on, three stickers. Zach Allen's still there. Uh, he's a guy I had going to the first round. Uh, Rocky Sin is still there. Max Sharping is still there. Charles Amenahu, AJ Brown. Uh, let's see, Debo, Amani Arorie, uh, and then you get into guys like Oliudo, Tyler Raymer, Max Crosby, Jerry Tillery, obviously. That was a surprise that he went. Um, I'm glad that the Chargers decided he wasn't too weird, um, the, and reading books is a problem. Uh, you know, hey, I, I, he should have gotten, if everybody knew he was in Maui, he should have went freaking one overall. That's just a smart dude right there. It, it, you know, if that pick works, the Chargers are a really scary front. Um, so that'll be interesting. And allegedly, you know, he's ahead of schedule. I never, you never know what that actually, you know, what is actually ahead of schedule and stuff. But if he's a guy who's ready to go, um, that's going to be fascinating. But uh, obviously, DK Metcalf is still there. I'm not a DK Metcalf guy, but there were people nope. insisting he had to go 17 way before Beckham. Uh, Keem Butler is still sitting there. I'm not as high as some people are on him. Uh, there's a lot of good players. There's no shortage, and, and that's why I don't think the Browns need to be super aggressive. I think they can sort of uh, let things come to them, but uh, it's, it, that, that'll that be interesting. And, and it may be a situation where uh, – you know, maybe maybe there's a trade before you know the draft even starts with uh, John. Uh, you know, there there could be somebody who comes up and gets that pick right now between now and the time of the draft. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good players. Uh, do they want to go up and get Justin Lane? Certainly, Lane Adkins is certainly uh, hoping for that move. I'd be perfectly happy to get one Thornhill. But you know, Justin Lane's 21. He's a great player. Um, I'll take either one of the two. No doubt. I mean, you know that. Yeah, that's it's a great situation. So, to me, 
I think patience has paid off, even if it was just saying, even if it was just being patient enough to say, woo, that's too much, we're out, we'll, we'll, be, we'll wait, and letting other people pay too much. I think, in general, I think people are willing to give up too much. I don't think people, look, and obviously I am a ridiculous miser when it comes to draft picks in general, but I do think people are underestimating how valuable these picks are, second and third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round picks, uh, in terms of filling out your roster, getting cheap contracts, getting depth, getting developmental guys in case of injury and stuff like that. But the, the, the cap is a real thing, and you can't put all your eggs in one basket that if you get hurt, you're playing street-free agents. You don't want to be in that situation. So having those picks, having that – versatility like people talking about you know about trading basically making a pick a trade like the Redskins did where they get you know gave up their second round pick this year and their second round pick next year which you know equates to a third sounds real good and yes you certainly get your guy and obviously it's easy for me to say it with 2020 I'd say because the Browns ultimately got out and none of those guys went uh but even so I think even if you get that guy and he's very good when you come back in 2020 and you're sitting there going, man, we don't have that first round pick anymore or that second round pick anymore. You start to see where you have those holes and you start to see where players you really like go. The one thing I will say is a fascinating dynamic. The what if scenario is what if the Browns did not trade for Odell Beckham? They could have sat at 17 and taken Andre Dillard. I'm not saying that 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 most people wouldn't still take. Odell Beckham in that scenario, but I'm just presenting the what if the Browns still had Jabril Peppers, got Andre Dillard, and still had a third-round pick versus Odell Beckham. I think it's great where the Browns are at. I think they are in fantastic position. All I'm saying is it's close, probably closer than maybe people would want to admit. Again, you have hindsight. You know what happens as opposed to you know being being able to project it, but this is where it ended up being. Either way... I'm really happy with where they are. I really like the situation they're heading into tomorrow, and I'm excited with that. I'm hoping they make you know two picks, even if you know one of them is ultimately moving up. I'd prefer to move up from 80 than from 49, yep. as we keep saying, and get you know potentially two guys in the secondary, or you get your left tackle of the future, or you get a nice defensive lineman. Like if you were to get a Juan Thornhill or a Justin Lane, and then come up and get a Zach. Allen type player or Kalen Saunders to, to bolster your defensive line. I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, and some of this is that, you know, when people want to trade up is because they don't have, they don't study it like we do and that's fine. You know, they're fans. I'm not, you know, it is not required that you're able to rattle off a hundred and some odd prospect. But I do think, I do think it is slightly, I think it is a little bit, they just don't know how many good prospects are in this draft. And you get in that moment and you're going, oh man, we're going to miss them all. There are a lot of really good prospects. Like Julian Love is a, a 49 is is a good place to be if you have to go that route. Or Amani or Marie. There are a lot of good corners. Now, if they want to go up and get Justin Lane, I get it. it like he's a great, great prospect that fit beautifully for this. But I, I'm not anti-patience and it a lot would depend on price tag the other thing i'm glad we have not done and and i don't know if it's come up is so far we have not traded any players away um yep. that that is something to keep an eye on obviously is duke johnson the you know the the carrot that that they're ha- hanging out there to try to move up with a pick or what no it's it, it's definitely i mean in duke look i mean for me duke would be more the 80 and jump up um, does John, I mean, he sat out 32. Does he have the patience to sit out another 17? That's going to be interesting. And for me, was watching the ESPN angle and Mel Kuyper every time, Justin Lane, Justin Lane. I'm like, shut up. Just shut oh, up. Oh, he it? Oh, he <laughs> was. I'm like, shut up, Mel. Shut up. Shut up. And even my wife, like, she knows at this point. And she's like, wait. Oh, oh, she's like, all right. I understand what you're saying. Shut up. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so yeah, that route has got to go. Um, so, guys, we have covered pretty much round one soup to nuts i have a question for you go bring it are you here's my reaction when the ravens took marquise hollywood brown i was not worried at all 
Am I insane? I'm just worried about it from the one to two big, you know what it is. It's it's the go yard. It's the go yard one or two times. Because I do think he fits that stupid crap offense that they're running. And there's so many variations they can run play action off of. But if you're not going to let Lamar throw it enough, I don't know how many he's going to hit on it. So, look, I, no. Am I that concerned about it? I'm not. I, I But I, I do think I think he's going to be the two for 67 and a touchdown type of guy, or it'll be one for 13. Like, I mean, he's in an offense where, you know, they're going to run the home run type of stuff. Uh, you, you know, he's he's fast. He's quick. I mean, you got to be able to find a way to cover it. But for the Browns, no. I mean, there's enough where you can cover it. I mean, I don't think he's going to make any difference where the Ravens are now, on paper, a better football team than the Cleveland Browns. Um, Similar question: Are you that? Are, did the Steelers change that nope, nope. by getting Devin Bush? That's nope. the, and 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 maybe this is really really. Uh, misplaced confidence, but for you know, I, say what you will. I'm not as a Browns fan. I'm not worried. Now that's not to say that who is covering Odell. That's all I got to say. They still have to slay the proverbial dragon there, and they have to get those pelts. They got to earn it. But who's covering Odell? How are I'm you? Just, how are you defending this team? If you're yeah, the Pittsburgh I'm just not. I'm not worried, and and I'm sitting here nope. going. It's you know it's it's Alejandro Villanueva and Matt Feeler trying to block their edge rushers. Yeah, I, I'm. God, God bless you. I, yeah. I, I and and I you know this may come back to haunt us at some point. Of course where, it will. Where the Steelers beat the Browns twice and people are calling us out for it. But I, I you know I, I just right now I'm in a headspace where I'm just I'm not scared and and the fact that the Steelers don't pick the entire second round makes it even that much sweeter. Which means is, they they cannot dabble into the good part of this cornerback position that's left over. So you have no way you're going to defense Odell Beckham. Um, I don't even know if they can. I don't even know if they can cover Landry Pete, for God's sakes. But that's a story for another day. I think Pete, Andre Dillard can cover Landry, but that's fine. Well, I mean, obviously, king of all kings. Uh, but uh, some of these guys look like G's walking out there. Ed Oliver looked like a damn G man walking out there tonight. The black suit, the sunglasses. I will kill everything in front of me. Josh Josh Jacobs had a freaking sweet suit on. That freaking shiny navy blue thing. It almost uh, it almost made me like him a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it made him look slightly less slow. And and one more thing about draft coverage. <laughs> Deion Sanders, he's the worst interviewer ever, and they insist on putting him out there. The first, it was either the first or second question he asked Kyler Murray. Was this the plan all along? What? Right. Is this how it works? He had never he had never been a starter at the collegiate level. How did he know how this was going to work, Kyler Murray? Is this the plan all along that you were going to somehow convince the Cardinals to do? Like, what is that? That's just insanely stupid. Uh, was it, your plan all along to fuck over the uh, Oakland A's <laughs> because you had never taken a collegiate start at the quarterback position, and now this is where you are? Yeah, just Deion Sanders is such a horrible interviewer. I don't know why they keep putting him out there. Because uh, he's prime, man. Pete yeah, is prime. Just bad. Just really, really bad. And before we close this, Pete, the let's go to this. Uh, because, obviously, you know, we are so pro to this. The Tyreek Hill thing. What the frick? Who in the world would take a belt to a three-year-old child? Yeah, uh, the you know I don't know if we're ever gonna actually hear the audio, but the quotes are chilling. Um, they're not even chilling; they're like killing. It's almost like it like kills your soul. He's the kid is three years old. He gets punched in the chest. He gets hit with a belt. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, it's. Really difficult, uh, you know. I, there, there are people we follow, like Bree, uh, t- has a three-year-old, and and she's sitting there, and and you know, it, I, you know, I think it's some combination of almost like, you know, haunted and and like just, just numbed how monstrous this was. And now the Chiefs are in this themselves in this situation. What do you do now? And then on top of that, you just traded for a guy 
that has issues in his background. Like, what is this? And at what point does Roger Goodell have to step in and actually do something about this issue? Like, you have this football team, one of your 32 franchises, that is actively saying, we do not care about this. We are however many years removed from Javon Belcher. We have Kareem Hunt situation, and which apparently was not cut because of the issue or the video. It was because he lied to them. Because we, we couldn't cover up for you. Uh, and you have this situation. Like, at what point is when enough, is enough, enough? enough? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just, it's, it, it looks, you know, the, and, 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 you know, it almost feels appropriate that it came out on draft day because this is obviously a very, very big deal for them. And I'm hoping it doesn't get sort of drowned out by the draft. It was funny because the- Ted DeWin put out, he's like, oh, man, I, I'm just going back to the whole uh, the Dolphins left tackle and the uh, gas mask bong hit. And he's like, will anything ever get worse on draft day than this? Yeah, <laughs> it just did. Um, when this came out, and oh, God, it, it just burns my soul. Look, you, do my kids get on my nerves sometimes? Do I have to discipline them? Normally, it's a little shove in the lower back, like, just just go away. Go to your room. Just, I, I'm not arguing with you right now. But, uh, you know, punches to the chest and a freaking a, a belt? It's freaking 2019. You need to discipline your child with a freaking belt? Get the fuck out of here. That and the fact that this should follow John Dorsey for his career. I'm sorry. It has to follow him for his career. He keeps doing this. And if the Browns' ownership should be basically see what is happening in Kansas City and basically be like, we're not doing this. We're done. Kareem Hunt was it. Uh, John, we're good. We're good. The franchise is better. We have a winning product. No more scumbags. No more dirtbags. No more jerk-offs. We don't need this added stress. We don't. We're a good team. We don't need to take these kind of risks. Just don't do it. You cannot have this. This is. It is a people business. No matter how much people try to de- attempt to dehumanize football players, it is a people business. You are looking at a team that is theoretically, you know, a contender in the Kansas City Chiefs that is now potentially in shambles because that is in their locker room. That is something those players and teammates have to now deal with that this guy is potentially going to be in their locker room and they are, you know, may need to be counting on him to help them win games. And at the same time, they know this is what's going on. That's not the situation we want to have. And, and you can talk about, well, once they get on their Sundays, they won't care. It does not work that way. There, no way, like, because there were Browns players that were not happy that Kareem Hunt came here. Nope. Um, and now imagine you're, you know, you're a Chiefs player and you've got this going on. It's not a good situation. And and you know, I would hope that that Dorsey would sort of be like, "Wow, I've got to stop. You know, I've got to get out of this business because at some point it's going to catch up with me. I think it should right now." Uh, I think the NFL needs to look into doing something about this. That, that, that well, it's not the NFL though. What was released today is now going to reopen the legal process. Well, yeah, Ty- too, Tyreek Hill mean- belong- Tyreek Hill belongs to freaking jail. You broke a three-year-old's arm. You belong in jail. Well, yes, but the, the the problem with that is we did this with Adrian Peterson and nothing happened. And at some point. Again, the NFL has to decide what are they going to be because it, it, it's the concussions and that stuff, which is not going to yield the sport. It's it's not. But this type of stuff where you basically make it so people can't stomach your product because of the mo- monsters on the field where you're basically saying, we don't care what he does off the field. We just care that he scores points. That becomes like – what the NBA ran into in the '80s with drugs, yep. which almost killed their product. Yeah, that almost killed their product. Uh, or am I thinking '70s? '70s, and then uh, uh, you know, Michael Sugar Ray Sugar Ray Richardson and all those guys. Yeah, yeah that, that you needed like Jordan and those guys to sort of, you know, save get, you, save the product. Don't put yourself in where the fan base is so just done with this. 
that they just start tuning in because they can't stomach you anymore. Yeah, no, and it, it's just a disgusting, disgusting situation all around. And look, I don't even want to talk about whether or not the league should suspend him. The dude needs like 24 to 36 months behind bars. Um, you've already bossed around and put your hands on your fiance, whatever the hell she is, while well, she was pregnant. Uh, now you've broken that same child's arm, who's three years old. She's got twins on the way. This whole situation is just absolutely freaking disgusting. Pay somebody to take care of your kids if you can't do it. And here's the other thing. Maybe don't have kids at 21, 22 years old because there's so much going on in your life. You are not ready for it. My God, put a freaking raincoat on it. Whatever you got to do. It, it, it drives me absolutely freaking insane. And I'm talking to my wife about it. My kids hear it. They come in and they're like, well, it's, it's a shit show. Don't. I mean, just be better. Figure it out or what. I just can't. It's it's the most asinine thing going. Um, Pete, I, I think we've hidden everything here. Obviously, tomorrow night, well, maybe the Browns. You know, we'll get some Browns action here. But this is, it's. The way this went tonight, this is good Browns-wise. It's very good Browns-wise. Yeah, they're in fantastic shape, and now tomorrow they should actually get football players. Um, you know, nothing they did, nothing that happened today did anything to damper what has been a, a terrific offseason in terms of getting big-time players. Now it's, uh, you know, you actually get to go in there and, and get football players that can help your team. Uh, it's all there for them. If, you know, they can really... Look, Odell Beckham, Olivier Vernon, those guys, Sheldon Richardson, those guys are largely the deal. But you can make a big dent and, and you know, affect how far this team can go if you do well on a day like tomorrow. Yeah, depth is good. Depth is good. There's nothing wrong with filling in the holes. Um, guys, obviously, uh, Pete still currently at NFL Spin Zone. Um, maybe not for much longer, but go ahead follow him at underscore Pete Smith, underscore the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. We always keep it a follow-back account, obviously, Lockdown Browns. You guys are fantastic with it. It's it, it's been a fun ride here as we get through round one, and it's like almost a woosah. Everything's good. We're going to get to where the Browns have action. Things are going to be good for them. At Jeff, underscore, uh, at Jeff, underscore, LJ, underscore, Lloyd. Uh, go ahead, and follow over there as well. It, 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 it was a good, it was a good night, Browns wise, and you know, Giants fans, Packers fans, Raiders fans. Good luck, kids. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. I hope you guys were enjoying every second here, as we did. You know, three episodes here covering the first round. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. We'll talk to you all tomorrow night.